Hey Seinfeld fans, we've got lots of really cool things we're planning for Bidwabask in the future. That's right, we're growing and evolving. And to help us in that process, we're asking you to take literally two minutes to answer a really small survey that we've set up. That's right, if you head to the link that's in our show notes of the podcast, we'd really, really appreciate it. We sure would. And uh, thanks so much for your support. And now on to this week's episode. Secondary character. Hello and welcome to another episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. I'm Stephen. And I'm Ivan. And hello again for another week. It's great to be here. Yes. uh, This week we are talking about The Dog. I know. Season 3, Episode 4. Four and uh, Stephen, a lot of people like I read a lot of articles about Seinfeld, and you know these people always do lists of you know best to worst or worst to best or whatever. And I find that the dog always ends up in like the bottom five or ten. A yeah. lot of people do not like this episode. No, they don't. I think it's just that monotonous dog sound kind of just drives people insane. Yeah, much like Jerry in the episode. Yeah, but you know what? I I, I watched it a few times, obviously in in preparation of our podcast, and I actually didn't mind it too much. It's not as bad as I remember it. Yeah, before we, uh, well, before I started watching it for this week's episode. I I guess I was kind of influenced by those articles and by the general consensus on the episode. But when I watched it the first time, I thought, no, it's better than... It's not... I mean, it's not, you know, the contest or something, but it's not... Um, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, or the jacket for me. Yeah, well, certainly not a classic by any means. No, but it's yeah. not It's not as... Uh, well, yeah, for me personally, it's not as bad as, uh, as uh, other people think it is. Yeah. yeah, and we have a few secondary characters we'll be talking about today. We'll be talking about Farfel's owner, Gavin... Yes, I've been to 45 countries, but I had to stop because I got a pop hair. I wonder if he's related to it. There's a clock over there. There's a clock over there. Even though he's American and Gavin's British. Um, You know, they're probably cousins. Cousins of some sort, maybe. (laughs) A clock over there from the limo. There's a clock over there. There's a clock over there. There's a puppy over there. There's a puppy over there. There's a firefly over there. (laughs) Uh, And yeah, we're going to talk about him. Uh, We'll talk about Ellen, who is Kramer's unseen girlfriend in the episode. Who contributes nothing to society. Indeed. And uh, also maybe a bit about Farfel the dog himself. Maybe what breed he is and, you know, why he's such a mischievous character. Wise little shit. Yeah, basically. Woof woof. Idiot fireful as Jerry would describe him, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can find us on social media at Bidwabask, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C. We also have a website where you can listen to old episodes and also look at our shenanigans that we put up on the website, Bidwabask.com. And uh, Stephen, we are now on Patreon. That's right, patreon.com forward slash Bidwabask, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C. Uh, if you want to give us $2 a month or a dollar a month, uh, $2 a month will give you access to exclusive Patreon-only content. And a dollar of the month, a dollar a month. Sorry, uh, we will give you a shout out once a week on the pod. And uh, in light of that, we want to give a shout out to our only Patreon subscriber so far, uh, but our hero, the man, the legend, Tim. Tim, yes, who at the time of recording is our only patron, and he gets 
access to exclusive stuff. So good for him. That's right. Uh, big ups also, a big thanks to uh, Nick and Lachlan. They're hosts of the podcast Picture This. So uh, we actually went into the studio uh, last week and we were their guest uh, for this week. So at the time of recording, the episode has not, may not have come out. Uh, but I think it's, it's supposed to come out this week, but yeah. uh, they didn't give us a date. No, so it'll probably be out by the time this one comes out in a couple of days. And uh, just want to say big thanks to Nick and Lachlan and, uh, yeah, uh, from the podcast. It's called Picture This. Yeah, so uh, if you're not familiar with the podcast, they are two guys. They record in Melbourne. Uh, one, I think he lives in the Gippsland, and the other, I think he lives in Melbourne. And they are improv comedians, amateur improv comedians. And the, the general gist of the podcast is that they take three props, so a location, a movie genre, and a word, and you literally just have to improvise a an entire movie. You have to flesh out a plot, cast yep. it. Uh, and just make it up on the spot. So it's basically an hour of improv in podcast form, but you have to build a whole movie from start to finish. Yeah, it's an entire show to create a film. That's right. Basically. And you've got to come up with a box office success. Box office if smash. You can. A box office smash, yeah. <laughs> so we'll leave uh, we'll leave a link to their podcast in our show notes. So if you want to have a listen to our episode plus older ones as well. Yeah, yeah. no, that's right. And we encourage you to listen to older episodes of the podcast. I'm I'm now a fan. So they reached out to us a little while ago to ask us to guest on the podcast. But prior to that, I'd never heard of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I listened to a few episodes, obviously. Uh, and uh, yeah, now I'm subscribed. So yeah. they're awesome. So yeah, thanks again. Yeah, that great podcast. Super thanks, fun. Thanks, Nick and Lachlan. Appreciate yeah. it. Anyway, let's move on with the podcast. Before we do get into the dog and our usual shenanigans, let's do some Seinfeld news, Stephen. And you got a few uh, few juicy ones for this week. Two juicy ones. Oh, yeah. I think, was it one of them that I gave you? It was. Yeah, wow. What a story. Anyway, mm. let's go on to Seinfeld news. <laughs> Okay, three bits of Seinfeld news this week to kick off. Uh, on Monday last week, the current American president, Donald Trump, he may be impeached by the time you listen to this, though. Oh, what? The way things are moving. What, what do you mean? What, what do you mean by that? Impeached. Things are slowly falling apart. Oh, dear. Has yeah. Mueller gotten to him? Uh, who knows? No, is it Mueller? Who Mueller. is that? Mueller. Whatever. Robert Mueller. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> President Trump had a televised phone call uh, with Mexican president. His name is uh, Enrique Peña uh, Nieto. Uh, yeah, so at the moment, as a lot of people would know, there's a current uh, dispute between Mexico, Canada, and America over the NAFTA deal, the uh, North American Free Trade Agreement. You know, I haven't followed the news all week, and I feel great. Yeah. So i got no idea what's going on. Okay. <laughs> uh, so this happened last week. Okay. But uh, basically, on this on this phone call, um, uh, Trump and Nieto nutted out a, a new deal, uh, excluding Canada. Um, to, to, you know, to, to bolster up trade between the two countries. And I think to sort of smooth over the tension that's been uh, prevalent throughout Trump's presidency. Uh, and it was televised and it was supposed to be Trump, you know, him showing how he's a deal maker and all that sort of stuff. But for about a minute, and this was actually televised, he couldn't get the phone to work. So, uh, Nieto was actually waiting on the line for Trump to pick up for them to have a chat <laughs> and work out all the details. Right. But he was just pressing buttons and like, he was saying, hello, hello, hello. No one was there. <laughs> and uh, and an assistant off camera had to come over into the shot and like press press a button. He must have been on hold or whatever. Nice. And, you know, he got it working and then they had the conversation and blah, blah, blah. But uh, someone on Twitter, uh, actually, the Twitter username, Arian Parser, Arian Parser. Mm-hmm. He posted a video of that awkward situation uh, with the Veep and credits uh, music over the top. Oh, nice! Because obviously, uh, in the in Veep, uh, J- uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus plays the well, originally the vice president, now the president. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, and she's quite inept in the show. That's sort of where the, a lot of the comedy comes from. Yeah, she's just very delusional. Yeah, and yeah, she kind character. of just bumbles yeah. her way through. 
her presidency. Yeah. Um, so a lot of parallels there. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was a funny little video. We'll put a link to that in the show notes, obviously. Nice. Uh, bit of sad news, actually. So, well, beyond sad, tragic. So a actress by the name of Vanessa Marquez, she was shot dead yesterday. Oh, goodness. She was shot dead by police uh, at her apartment in South Pasadena, which is a small town or a small township just outside of Los Angeles. Oh, that's terrible. So she was the actress that played the Cuban embassy secretary in the Chiva Letters. Oh, my goodness. We did did that a couple of weeks ago. ago. Oh, man. Yeah. So sad. Yeah. Bit of a story. So... Um, she, throughout her life, since the sort of the late 90s when her acting career wound down, she was also an ER and she was, she was sort of, uh, predicted to be quite a, you know, a lot of people thought that she had a really bright future ahead yeah, of her. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But after the late 90s and early 2000s, her career just sort of, uh, she got less and less roles mm-hmm. and her mental illness, unfortunately, huh. became more and more severe. Jeez. She was quite public with it. Uh, but police had entered her home after her landlord had called the cops mm-hmm. to report her, sort of acting manically and you know she obviously needed some help um and uh they talked with her for about 90 minutes and they calmed her down and they were trying to encourage her to you know seek professional help for her mental health issues and during that 90 minute sort of conversation the the reports didn't go into much detail about whether it was a tense 90 minutes or whether it was a calm 90 minutes but in that 90 minute period of time for some reason um I don't know why the reports don't reveal why she went into a room and came back out into the main room where the cops were with a BB gun Uh and they mistook it for a real gun and unfortunately shot her. Suicide by cop. Um, Well, it was not really. Uh What what do you mean? Oh, no, no. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they they mistook it for a real yeah, gun, right? Um, and shot her on sight. Uh-huh. Uh, they she wasn't dead straight away. They treated her and then they transported transported her to hospital. Uh, but unfortunately, she died. Oh, that's sad. Um, when she got to hospital. Jeez, rest in peace, Vanessa. Yeah, that's right. Goodness. So, uh, yeah. In honour of that, I think you should go out and watch the Cheaper Letters or listen to our Cheaper Letters episode where we do talk about her and the actress as well. Yeah, do both. So to finish up this week's Seinfeld news, a bit of a happier story. Uh, an amazing story came out through the week. It is about a year old, uh, but it was sort of widely reported this week, I think because 60 Minutes in America were covering it, and then that created a lot of... No, it was actually 60 Minutes in Australia, was it? I believe. Yeah, ah. no, it was, it, was, it was the Australian one. They actually interviewed the guy. Okay. Yeah, which I, I, I was reading another article, and then I stumbled across this. Right. And I was like, wow. But anyway, you've got the story. You yeah, no, you, you passed this on to me, and it's yeah. a mind-blowing story. That's incredible. Yeah. So yeah. a man by the name of Juan Catalan, he, uh, in 2003, he was accused and arrested and charged for a murder. He murdered a 16-year-old... Well, he was accused of murdering a 16-year-old police informant by the name of Martha Pueblo. Uh, She'd been a witness in a case where his brother, uh, this is um, Juan's brother, uh, Mario, he was a defendant. So uh, because she was a defendant in the case against Mario... Uh, and Mario was a career criminal, and apparently he was in a in a. He's in a gang, I believe. He's, he's in a gang, in a gang called gang, yeah. the Vineland Gang. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, yeah he yeah. was at the time. I don't know whether he is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and because of the association with his brother, he was the uh, police assumed that he was the murderer purely from that association. Um, and when she was shot, she was actually talking to a friend on the street. And her friend obviously panicked and ran away. And later on, when when her friend was questioned, the description that she gave was a Hispanic man with or Latino man with facial hair, uh-huh. which is a pretty vague and broad description. <laughs> yeah, you know, of course, most men have some sort of facial hair, mm-hmm. or a lot of men have some sort of facial. Yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah, you think so? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So two detectives were assigned to the case: uh, Martin Pinner and Jose Rodriguez. 
Uh, and again, through that association with his brother, they just automatically assumed he was the suspect. He was the main suspect. He was the main yep. suspect. Yeah. Uh, and they arrested him. And uh, they, the police work was absolutely garbage. Um, <laughs> they apparently didn't give any sort of shit about due process. Yeah. Um, and a couple of journalists have actually heard the interview tapes and, apparent, and seen the interview transcripts. And it's really clear from mm. that evidence that they didn't try. They weren't listening to anything you said. They just assumed he was guilty yeah and no matter what he said or what he didn't say he was going to end up in jail exactly so anyway what is the Seinfeld link to this yeah so amazing. I am getting there yeah yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think it's important to tell the whole story okay. the whole thing is amazing yeah 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 okay so uh, Juan is obvious Juan again like throughout this whole process he was proclaiming his innocence uh, and he enlisted the help of a lawyer by the name of Todd Melnick uh, and he kept on telling him that during the time of the murder he was at a Dodgers game uh, a baseball game uh, and Melnick, uh, but he couldn't prove it. Uh, and Melnick came up with the idea of looking at the security footage, and they did actually spot him on some security footage. But apparently, it was too too blurry to be used as uh, evidence during the court case. So that was uh, that was what's the word? That that was that stricken. wasn't used. That, that wasn't used. Yeah. Oh no, whatever it is. Yeah, it, yeah, was, yeah. it wasn't used. That's right. It wasn't wasn't sufficient. Yeah. 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 But by pure coincidence, a and this is where the Seinfeld link comes in. <laughs> an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm was filming at the exact base at the the on the exact night that the, the same baseball game um, at Dodgers Dodgers Stadium, um, and Melnick thought maybe maybe he appears on the footage because yeah. they're using high quality TV cameras. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's in the background somewhere. It's worth a shot. So uh, Melnick got in touch with whoever produces Kobe Your Enthusiasm, uh, HBO, I believe, um, yeah, and yeah. Uh, got all of the tapes, uh, you know, all of the outtakes, every bit of footage that they had, and he poured over it. And he said by the fifth tape, he spotted him in the background. And you can actually, we'll, we'll put a link up to the articles and everything in the show notes, but you can actually see the footage of him like- Him with it, his daughter, wasn't it? Yeah. He yeah, was at the game yeah. with, the, with, the, with his daughter. Yeah. But the footage itself, you just see him. He's just He just looks like a nondescript man wearing a white T-shirt and jeans and is walking. You know, he might have gone to get a hot dog or a beer or something yeah, or gone yeah, to the toilet. Yeah. And he's coming back into the stands. And, uh, yeah, he, he says that's, he right said that's him. So they showed it to the judge uh, and the judge was going to throw it out. But when they looked at the timestamp on the camera, that was 9.09 p.m. And the murder, the, uh, the, the approximate time of the murder was 10.40 p.m. Mm-hmm. So the prosecution argued that he still would have had a you know the game probably would have finished at 9 30 yeah and he had ample time to do it to yeah, yeah. to go back to his house and and commit the murder yeah yeah um so then he thought well you know what else like he's 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 innocent we just need to prove that he's innocent uh and then melnick uh remembered something that they used in the oj simpson case where they part of the defense against oj simpson was uh verifying that he was making a phone call away from where the murder supposedly yeah, happened right um, so Melnick, uh, sorry, uh, the lawyer, no, no, Catalan, sorry. Oh, Catalan Juan. Yeah. yeah, yeah Juan. Yeah, His yeah. name slipped me. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, he remembered that, uh, just after the game finished, he made a phone call to his wife. I'm assuming just to say he was on his way home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So they looked at his phone records and surely enough at 10, 13 PM, which was 27 minutes before the, uh, presumed time of murder, mm. he made a phone call. So there was a record of the phone call. Yeah. Uh, and then they verified that it was pinged off the uh, nearest cell tower to the to Dodger Stadium, which proved that he was physically 
at Dodger Stadium. Incredible. So Larry David essentially saved his life. Yep. He saved an innocent man from going on death row. That's right. Wow. Yep. Yeah, I know. So the fact the fact that so then the defense could prove that he didn't have enough time to go from because it's obviously more than half an hour drive from Dodger Stadium, especially with LA traffic and stuff. Yeah. You know. Yep. (laughs) Uh, So the judge dismissed the case. Yeah. He, uh, you know, everyone was set free. All good. Um, yeah, and it actually, like I said, I'm surprised that we didn't hear about it a year ago mm. because it was actually the subject of a documentary called Longshot, and it came out on H, uh, on sorry, on Netflix uh, about a year ago. Probably Netflix USA. Yeah, probably maybe. not Australia. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. an amazing story. Mm. Uh, well, like I said, we'll post a link to uh, various articles because there's different articles talking about different aspects of it. Yeah. Um, and if I can find a link, I'll post one to the uh, documentary as well. Anyway, very happy ending, I guess, to Seinfeld News. For sure. For this week. And yeah. uh, let's take a quick break, Steve, when we come back. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm reeling from that story too. It's yeah. incredible, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's one of the most... Tremendous! Like it's yeah. just, it's. I saw it and I was like, man, you gotta, you gotta mention. This. Yeah, it's, Have it's, to. it's amazing for so many reasons. Yeah. Anyway, quick break, and we're going to talk about the secondary characters from the dog. No farful. Hello, folks. Matt McCoy here, aka Lloyd Braun from Seinfeld, and I'm telling you right now, I do not want to be a secondary character. but I don't want to be a secondary character. This week, we are talking about the dog and its secondary characters, two humans and one canine. Before we do, though, uh, Ivan will give you an episode synopsis. Yes, thank you very much, Stephen. So, The Dog is from Season 3, Episode 4, directed by Tom Sharonis, written by Larry David. It first aired in the United States on October 9th, 1991. Jerry, he's on a plane returning to NYC when a drunk man, Gavin Pallone, played by Joseph Marr, sits, sits next to him and he falls sick. He asks Jerry to take care of his dog while he's taken to the hospital, and he promises to reclaim the dog, Farfel, when he comes to New York. The dog? The dog. The dog Farfel, who is actually voiced uncredited in an uncredited role uh, by Tom Williams, irritates Jerry with its barking and making messes, and Jerry feels as though he doesn't dare leave his apartment for fear of what Farfel might do. Jerry, George, and Elaine have a date to see the movie Prognosis Negative. Prognosis Negative. But Jerry asks them to go without him because he has to look after the dog. George and Elaine realise they don't have much in common without Jerry around. And this is, mind you, early season three. So, yeah. obviously, their relationship blossoms, you know, later yeah. on. It's so, not awkward silences about tea yeah. in later episodes. It'd, later be like, it'd be like at the moment, I guess, if you were Jerry and mm. I was with one of your mates mm. and, you know, we had nothing to talk about. Yeah. And you went off somewhere. It's like, oh, hey, Stephen's friend. Uh, yeah. Some, what does Stephen do? And what is his idiosyncrasies? Yeah. <laughs> you'll bond over giving me shit. Yeah, exactly. Have you ever seen Stephen vomit? Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that Stephen likes morning thunder? <laughs> yeah. But it has caffeine. <laughs> Stephen doesn't know morning thunder has caffeine in it. Yeah. Um, Kramer, oh, well, and they bond after finding uh, things to laugh at Jerry about, as we just mentioned. Yeah. Kramer tells Jerry and Elaine that he's looking forward to breaking up with his girlfriend, Unseen. Uh, character Ellen because she's such a vile human being. Jerry and Elaine reveal that they agree with his assessment of her personality and only kept quiet about it for fear of offending him. Kramer breaks up with Ellen in a melodramatic fashion and in another scene reunites with her also in the same fashion. He then holds a grudge against the two for their earlier derisive remarks about Ellen announcing an end to their friendship. When Kramer and Ellen break up again Jerry and Elaine tell Kramer they're disappointed by the breakup having learned their lesson. 
Jerry, who's pretty tired of Farfall by this stage, tries to contact Gavin and finds out that he checked out of hospital several days ago. He decides to take the dog to the city pound so that he, George and Elaine can go to the movies together. Elaine doesn't want this to happen because she says that dogs die after like a week yeah. if they don't get picked up. You know what happens to dogs at the pound? They leave them for a week and when no one picks them up, they kill them. Mm. Yeah, she's very uh, very adamant about that. Uh, so Elaine decides to look after Farfel for the night and obviously she gets very pissed off at the dog too <laughs> and what the dog can do. And eventually uh, Gavin calls Elaine and Elaine says, you better pick up that dog tonight or it humps its last leg. Oh my God, it's the dog guy. It's the dog guy, yes. When, um, and then Gavin reveals that he was diagnosed with Bell's palsy and the reason that's the reason why he couldn't pick up the dog earlier. And he comes to Farfel much to the relief of Jerry and Elaine. He went to the Bell's Palsy Centre. Centre. Fine establishment. First class. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that is the episode. A uh, bit of trivia about the episode, Stephen. In a deleted scene, uh, Kramer reveals that he fed, uh, he fed Farfel Turkish taffy, which would have explained the dog's erratic behaviour and frequent barking. Yes, and uh, I did do a bit of further research on that point. Turkish taffy is actually a thing. So yeah, taffy is, yes. is sort of a like a toffee, it's sticky, a candy, candy yeah, thing. That's right. Uh, I think it was sort of, uh, I don't know if it was invented in North America, but North American culture definitely made it famous. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's a particular type of taffy. It's a bit different to normal taffy. I don't know why it is, but yeah, yeah, it's a thing. It's Turkish. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Yes. And the name Farfel, Stephen, it's not actually a random word that they've come up with. Uh, Farfel was actually a puppet, a dog puppet used in Nestle's Quick advertisements in the 1960s. Oh, yes. is that why they make mention of quick in this episode? Indeed. That's uh, why Jerry says you got to put in the powder first and milk's like, no, no. No, the, the syrup. First. No, it's syrup. Oh, syrup first. first. Yeah, no. Quick was... Like milk. Oh, yeah. Yeah, quick's powder. Okay. <laughs> but she was making a chocolate milk. I wonder if that was a bit of a, Probably a, a nod bit of a to reference. it. Yeah, indeed. Um, ventriloquist dummy Danny O'Day, he ended each commercial by singing the company's jingle, N-E-S-T-L-E-S, Nestle's make the very best. And then Farfel would chime in off-key, chocolate. With a distinctive snap of his mechanical jaw. Okay. Yes. I didn't find out that fact, but I did find out that farfel is also a small pellet or a flake-shaped pasta used in Jewish cuisine. Cuisine. Oh, okay. Cool. It's made from an egg noodle dough and is frequently toasted before cooked. Mm -hmm. Um, There you go. And a bit of trivia about Prognosis Negative. It is the first fictional movie that features on the show, one of many which come out later on, you know, in you know, famous ones, Firestorm, Rochelle, Rochelle. That's right. All the goodies. Prognosis Negative was the OG. Uh, it was named after an unproduced screenplay written by Larry David in which the main character wrongly assumes a negative prognosis is bad news. <laughs> <laughs> Another interesting fact uh, with this episode, and it's linked to Larry David, uh, Gavin Pallone, who's the secondary who we'll talk about soon, he's actually the name of Larry David's manager. Yes, that's right. I don't know if he's still his manager, but he was at the time he, of uh, the episode being filmed. Yeah, I know. Very good uh, very good trivia. And uh, Elaine, is, uh, it's revealed that Elaine has lived in New York since 1986. Yeah, six years. At that point. 86, 87, 88, <laughs> 89, 90... 91. And uh, Ponce de Leon, the sold-out movie mentioned in this episode, was originally going to be called Two Bits. Two Bits. That's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. There you go. Final bit of trivia. Uh, Jerry reveals uh, in the masseuse that he hasn't thrown up since 1980. Mm. Over in this episode, uh, when uh, George and Elaine are bonding over giving shit to Jerry, uh, it's revealed that they've both seen him throw up, and uh, mm. they make fun of his actions. 
but that wouldn't line up with the uh, the information in the masseuse because Elaine only moved to NYC in 86. As I mentioned before. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure George years. would have seen him vomit because they're childhood friends. For sure. But, but now, there's no way that Elaine could have seen him because uh, she moved to New York six years after yeah. after um, he lost her up. Bit of a continuity yeah. issue with that. Oh, well, yeah. I'm very, very one minor. Of, but, yeah, one yeah. of the rare ones because uh, Seinfeld's mm. continuity is usually really on point. Very on point indeed. Yeah. Oh, well. Anyway, that was trivia about the dog. So, oh, do you have anything else? No, Sorry, that's it. Say. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, talk about some secondary characters, huh? Cool. Let's talk about Farful. Fa- oh, Farful. All right. Let's, why not? Yeah. Uh-huh, why not? He was played by Tom Williams, and he is a voice actor. I'll see if I can pull up his credits. He was credited. It's actually an uncredited role. Mm-hmm. He's credited as Bark of the Dog. Bark of the Dog. Yes. He's known for his work on The Great Outdoors, Adam 12, and he was on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. He was also on Saved by the Bell and Major Dad, much ah. to my enjoyment. Ah, very nice. I love both those shows. <laughs> so he is an actor and a voiceover artist. Yep. Yes. First thing I wanted to... Uh, well, I sort of tried to figure out was what type of dog is Farful? It's funny you mention it because I was thinking it's probably like, you know, I, there, there was one time one of my neighbours had this dog and mm. it made this really loud bark and like very deep bark. It's like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. And I thought, oh, man, this dog must be huge. Mm. Looked over the fence. It was like a tiny like chihuahua. Okay. Like, you know, like chihuahua cross thing. I was yep. like, what the hell? Literally all so bark and no noise. Bite. Yeah, basically, yeah. Mm. But it was like a deep bark. Okay. Um, But I think it's, well, it was able to get onto a plane, yeah. you know, in a cage. So it couldn't be like a Great Dane or something. Like, well, that 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 fits in with the the type of dog that I think Farfel is, which is a beagle. A beagle? Yes. Okay. The reason I think that is is because beagles bark a lot. They're well known. They have a them. weird bark too, don't they? They do. Yeah. They do. It's it's a very persistent mono, monotone sort of uh, bark, like Farfel. Um, and they don't really growl that much. And you hear Farfel growl maybe once or twice. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's quite quiet. It's mm-hmm. not like a... Vi- Farfel isn't barking in this vicious, threatening, I'm going to attack you way. Yeah. It's just more this persistent, annoying... Wearing Jerry down bark. He just ate taffy and he's pissed. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> yeah, and also years uh, and years and years ago when I lived in Brisbane, I used to work at a cafe and uh, every Saturday I, when I would be making coffee, I'd look out the front window and I'd just see 15 or 20 beagle tails. Uh, you could see them above the window. Yeah. And uh, it was like a big, it was a lo- local beagle walking club. So for some reason in <laughs> They're suburb, all farfels. Yeah. Well, they used to, you know, they'd all, like if they'd all see something at the same time, because they're all curious dogs and they were bred for hunting and they're quite smart, they'd all bark in unison. And they their bark kind of reminded me of farfel. It was mm-hmm. this sort of like, like this sort of trebly high pitch, like, so do you think Tom Williams owned a beagle? Probably. Was the, that was the inspiration? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I could just see someone like Gavin, who we'll, we'll talk about uh, in a bit, yeah. owning a dog like a beagle. For some reason, those two, that, that image, if I saw Gavin walking like a big German shepherd, I can't I can't see that working, but I could see him walking a beagle down a, down a road or something. Because weren't beagles like ratting dogs or hunting I dogs? I think so, they were yeah. Used for, like, I, I, wasn't it for rabbits or, and rats, I think? Some, they were, like, they were used to like sniff out burrows yeah. for rabbits and yeah. stuff. Yeah, I so, mean, they, they yeah. are one of the most intelligent dogs uh and yeah they are they were bred for originally and they probably are still used for some sort of hunting ratting mm. or I yeah, don't, I don't know. rabbits or something yeah something like that definitely. so maybe gavin could potentially he maybe he likes rabbit hunting That's yeah like he does it on his spare time oh, we haven't talked about him yet no and maybe he uses farfel maybe you know it's for, a possibility so i don't know it was just, yeah well i mean he's he's british and uh you know hunting for rabbits and hunting for game is a very british pastime mm, so that would kind of make sense but uh, before we talk about Gavin, I just wanted to mention a few more things about Farfel. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. 
so I was trying to figure out what sort of bark. And like I said, it wasn't an aggressive, threatening bark. Uh, but the best I could come up with based on my uh, limited knowledge of dogs and the type of barks and the little research I did was that I think he was, and, and this is this is uh, not including the deleted scene of Brit- of uh, Kramer feeding Kramer, the taffy to... The taffy. Uncle. So yeah. if we yeah. pretend that that's not part of the storyline because mm-hmm. it's not, because yeah. then that would just render any theories that we have useless. <laughs> Pretty much, yes. <laughs> and uh, make a podcast 16 minutes or something. <laughs> um, I think it was a case of him just being neglected by Gavin yeah. and then also being uh, contained in a sort of isolated in a contained space. Definitely. In a small apartment. Yeah. I think Gavin was a pretty shitty dog owner. And oh, I think yeah. he's just a selfish drunk. Yeah, I think he is. Yeah. You know, and yeah. most like dogs that I've heard bark like that in my in my personal life um, have barked like that out of lack of attention yeah, and just right. out of frustration and almost like an anxiety. And there's many reasons why dogs bark, of course, as well. Like, as you mentioned, yeah, mm. anxiety, lack of attention, boredom, yeah. hunger. Sometimes you know. they even bark due to lack of exercise. So it's like a pent-up energy mm. yeah. and they just need to release it. So I think it's a combination of all of those things for Farfel. I don't think he is a bad dog or he was mistreated. Uh, I just think he's a frustrated dog who has a shitty owner. And even when he's being taken care of by Jerry, yeah. he's still not being... You know, looked after, or his 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 in, his best interests aren't served. And I guess when we talk about Gavin in a sec, we could probably hypothesize why he bought Farfel. Yeah, you know, I guess when we mention talk about him in a tick. Yeah, yeah, like why would he buy Farfel? <laughs> yeah, who knows? Who knows? Do you have anything else about Farfel? Ah, uh, no. Well, um, obviously it's unseen. Two, there's two unseen characters. Yeah, and it's, it's true. I think it's the second ever pet that we've spoken about on this show. Yeah, Fredo the parrot was the first one. Mm. So I'm looking forward to the. I'm trying to we have spoken other about pets. other animals. We haven't spoken about Rusty yet but oh, uh, no, we Rusty, will. no that episode hasn't come up no yet. we will yeah. eventually it will rusty the horse yeah. i swear we've spoken about other 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 animals though uh, probably maybe, maybe other animals but not other pets i think maybe when we did the merv griffin episode we talked about the hawk true you know true the hawk but that end. wasn't technically a pet no no but yeah no this is definitely the second pet that we've talked pet. about yes yeah definitely. who do you like better fredo or farfel Oh, it's got to be Farfel. Okay. Yeah. He's not dead. No, no not just that. <laughs> <laughs> but he actually makes noise. That's true. Yeah. yeah. That's true. He's got some character. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we should talk about uh, Gavin, Farfel's owner. Yes. He's played by the late Irish actor, Joseph Marr. Uh, he's known for appearing in In and Out, Sister Act, and Marr's Attacks, and he passed away on July 17, 1998. He was aged 64. That's right. Mm. He was, uh, yeah, born in Ireland, but lived most of his life in America. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was best known for being more of a stage actor, more of a theatrical actor. That's right, yes. Than a uh, television or movie actor. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, he did appear in a lot of TV shows. Uh, shows. Like you said, he did appear in uh, Mars Attacks. Much Again, much to my delight. I love that film. <laughs> it's a good movie. Uh, also, Chicago Hope. Great series. Uh-huh. MASH. Yep. Awesome series. Uh, and even Murder, She Wrote. Oh, Murder, She Wrote. Yep. He was also in Sister Act. He was the priest. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mentioned uh, Sister Act. Oh, yes. did you? Yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah. Yep. There you go. <laughs> Good. Uh, first things first, obviously a very serious alcoholic. Oh, I tell you what, man. he He's definitely a slave to the drink. Total booze know, hound. A total, like Jerry calls I him a boo. a booze hound? <laughs> not till you're 16. <laughs> Simpsons. Yeah. I love how you can just, you know, shoehorn a Simpsons reference in a Seinfeld pod. Not just in a Seinfeld podcast, in every interaction in my life. (laughs) In your life, indeed. (laughs) So, yeah, Gavin, definitely an alcoholic. And I think the alcohol, to me, I think he's either like an investor or maybe a businessman of some sort. Okay. You know, even you watch the opening epi- like scene and Jerry and him are flying like domestic first class. Mm. You know, that's not economy. Yeah. You know, that's obviously domestic, you know, 
first class and yep. Jerry can afford the fares and yeah. Gavin can afford Might the fares Might have been, been paid for by the promoter if he was out on the road Who to knows? do a gig or whatever. Well, he was flying back to NYC at yeah, the time. So. You know. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, he's definitely a wealthy man of some sort. He's a bit, um, he's very classist as well. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, I can't believe they don't let Farfel up here is better behaved than some of the people. So, what is it? Some of you dregs. Yeah, some of And then the woman's yeah. just reading a magazine and looks up and gives him like a, what? Yeah, exactly. So I know. He's yeah. very, very elitist. Yeah, so yeah. I think he's a bit of a snob. Mm, definitely a snob. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, alcoholic. Uh, very neglectful of Farfel. Yep. Uh, then he got a puppy. I The reason... Why do you think he got Farfel? Do you think he was either like a replacement for another dog he had? Or maybe he's just so lonely? I, I think it's... Probably the latter. He needed some company. I think uh, if he travels a lot, I mean, he's trying to sell Jerry on the idea of traveling being the best form of education. And traveling is a wonderful source of education, but it's not for everyone. Yeah. Uh, But he was coming across as a bit patronizing, almost like if you don't travel, you're not, you know, you're... There's something living, wrong with you. Yeah, you, there's something wrong with you. And you're at living the time, half a life or whatever. Yeah, and at the time, travel was expensive in the yeah. early 90s. It's not like now. No. You know? That's it. Yeah. You know, and a lot of the world wasn't as open as it was now. Yeah. Yeah. So, obviously, you had to have a bit of money to travel to 45 countries within a year. Exactly. Uh, a lot of those he probably traveled to on business, if we assume that he was a banker or some sort of businessman. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the 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 ownership of Farfel and the rampant alcoholism, I think, were just masking some sort of deep pain or loneliness. Yeah, you're right. I which believe... Were probably uh, exacerbated by yeah. his time away from home all the time. I believe he's a deeply unhappy person, Definitely. Gavin. He's got no joy in his life. He's yeah. probably... He probably had depression. Yeah. Yeah, he's probably depressed. Yep. And needed alcohol to... He, he used it as like a method of self-medicating. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I think his uh, snobbery comes from more of a place of insecurity mm-hmm. than, uh, than genuine sort of, I think I'm better than these people. Yeah. He believes that money equals happiness. Yeah. So for while sure. he's not happy, he thinks because he's got money, he's happy, but he's not. Yeah. In actual fact. For sure. Yeah. 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 I yeah. At first, uh, it's funny that you bring up those points because that's how I thought of Gavin in the in the end when I first watched the dog. You know, a few days ago in preparation for this episode, straight away I'm like, I don't like this guy. I don't like people who mistreat animals. Yeah. He's just a irresponsible alcoholic asshole. But uh, when I thought about it a bit more and I realized, well, hang on, what's he? why is he drunk all the time? Most people are addicted to or get addicted to a substance because they're masking some sort of pain. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 a release for them. It's a relief. So, you know, I applied a bit more empathy to him <laughs> and uh, I realized that although he's flawed, he's uh, I don't think he's a bad person at his core. No, he's just deeply unhappy. Definitely. Unhappy, as I mentioned, yeah. yeah. I was in over five... 45 countries, and I would have gone to more, but I just got a puppy, and he was too young to take with me. No, no, I, I would travel without him. Is he on the plane now? Oh, yeah. Good character, though. Um, yeah, great performance. Uh, great performance. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, he was. Yeah, did a really good job. Joseph? Joseph yeah. Ma? Yeah, no, yeah. I, I really liked him. Yeah. I uh, had to look up what Yukon, because uh, Jerry goes, you know, and here I am, stuck with, uh, oh, what is it, waiting for Yukon Jack and stuck with his dog, Cujo. Yeah, yeah. What y- the hell are those? Yukon Jack is not a person. Yukon Jack is the name of a Canadian whiskey. Oh, okay. I don't know why Jerry mentioned it. Oh, alcoholic. Yeah. It's oh, an alcoholic. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe, maybe Yukon Jack. Well, let me Google Yukon Jack. Well, the Yukon- maybe he's like on the logo or something. Maybe. maybe. You know, it's like the Marlboro Man yeah. from the cigarettes back in the day. Maybe, yeah. Yukon Jack. Yeah, so Yukon oh, Jack yeah. is a it's a Canadian whiskey yeah, and it's whiskey yeah. combined with honey. Oh, 70 bucks at Dan Murphy's. Yeah. I don't think oh, it's Oh yeah, there's like a it looks like there's like a character on the bottle. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yukon Jack. Well, oh you, yeah, he's like a, so what it is, it's like a guy, he looks like he's wearing a jacket and some kind of 
hat. Okay. And he's facing like a bit he's of got a, his, he's got his, a cowboy or something. Yeah, well, he's got his back turned and he's got his head facing like to our left. Okay. And he's standing in front of looks like like a forest with right. trees. So Yukon Jack's probably the black sheep of Canadian liqueur or liquors. That's mm. what that's what the I think the honey makes is. it the black sheep. <laughs> the honey. Yeah, because Yukon Jack has honey in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I yeah. think it, that oh, that's yeah. its uh, point of differentiation. Yeah, definitely. So I think Yukon Jack is like the Marlboro Man. He's just like a symbol. Oh, yeah. okay. There you go. Yeah, I don't know where the dog came from, though. No, well, Cujo was a book written by Stephen King. Oh, oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, so it was written, yeah. I think, in the early 80s, and it was turned into a movie in 93, so two years after the uh, this episode aired. Sure. Um, and it's about a rabid, I think it's a Great Dane, some big, <laughs> nice. some big dog okay. yeah, yeah, who yeah. holds a mother and daughter hostage or a mother and someone hostage in a car. Um, I think it's just like a crappy Stephen King big Yeah, it was one of his shitty, yeah, shitty stories. Something yeah. like that. Nice. So, yeah, two two good references as far nice. as I'm concerned. Very good. Yukon Jack and his dog Cujo. <laughs> yeah, Cujo. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I think that's my line of the episode. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. Nice. Uh, the last well, character- Mine is you contribute nothing to society. Yeah, that's a favorite. And, and uh, speaking of contributing nothing to society, the final secondary character that we will talk about uh, is Kramer's on again, very soon off again, and very soon on, on again girlfriend. Uh, Ellen. 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 Yes. Now I couldn't find any credits for Ellen. Uh, of, she's an unseen character. She does have a spoken sentence off off camera at the end of the episode. Kramer, get in here. Kramer, get in here. And then you see the back of her head, but there's no credits to who she is. So no, I, I have no idea. No, there's no allusions to yeah who she is, how they met. There's no nothing that you can sort of uh, deduce based on, other than everyone's obvious disdain for them so, for her. Yeah. yeah. So Ellen's. Obviously, a shitty person yeah. likes to rope in Kramer, take advantage of him. Yeah, you know Kramer's exploited by her for in sure. Many ways. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, and to be so so disliked by people who, you know, are easily are easily dislikable. She's obviously another level of shitty. I think. Uh, she apparently is unemployed. I don't think she has any hobbies because Kramer accuses her of not doing anything. She yeah. contributes nothing to society. Nothing to society, yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah, highly demanding, highly manipulative, and just a pretty awful person all around, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, so that's uh, that's her. But, yeah, I guess we can't really say anything more. No, yeah. there's, there's nothing to go on. Mm. Usually when we, uh, you know, even if someone's got a tiny bit of screen time, you can usually extrapolate something from what they're wearing or their haircut, something visual or, you know, the setting that they're in, like maybe they make a reference to a place that they work at or you can sort of link them to something. But because you can't see her, you hear her say one line and the only real information you have is everyone's dislike for her. The only thing you can really say about Ellen is that she's obviously pretty terrible. Pretty terrible. And, you know, with Universally Kramer, disliked. Yeah. Well, Kramer makes a good point saying usually, you know, when you break up with someone, you kind of feel bad and you mm. worry about what they'll be like. But if she goes with her, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care what happens. Yeah. You know, she cries, she cries. Yeah. Basically, it's like, I don't he, give a shit. He wants to break up with he, her just yeah, to see her cry. Yeah, exactly. So, so she's, she's very, obviously so terrible. She's and, a hateful person. And Kramer's, yeah. Kramer's not an evil person. He's, he's, the, he's the one out of the core four with the most heart. Yeah. So the fact that he wants to get his kicks from seeing her up upset from him breaking up over her to me demonstrates that uh, yeah she's a pretty she's pretty, a bad person pretty awful person very awful person yeah yeah mm. that's all uh, the secondary characters for this week's episode the dog yes indeed and uh, let's have a little little break uh, do you have any Seinfeldisms for this week I have three oh fantastic when we come back 
Stephen will mention his Seinfeldisms because I don't have any because I have a boring life. <laughs> uh, this week you're just too busy getting drunk and getting Bell's palsy. Yeah, and buying beagles named Farfel. Buying beagles named Farfel. <laughs> Farfel, yes. Uh, and also, we'll find out where the dog sits in our greatest episodes of all time. And do any of the secondary characters stay or are they in our top twenty episodes of all time? Plus, characters of all time. Characters of all time, indeed. Plus this week's Seinfeld trivia. We will be back. I must have been out of my mind. Look at you. Why don't you do something with your life? (laughs) Sit around here all day. You contribute nothing to society. (laughs) You're just taking up space. I mean, how could I be with someone like you? (laughs) Wouldn't respect myself. Stephen, we reviewed this week the dog from season three and uh, three secondary characters, Gavin, Ellen and Farfel, the eponymous dog. Out of the, let's see how many episodes we've reviewed so far, 58 episodes that we've reviewed so far, where does the dog sit? Uh, It sits uh, in my top 30. Okay. It comes in at number 25. 25? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I have a softer spot for the older seasons. Mm, You do? Uh, I prefer season, say, one to four than five to eight or five to nine. Mm -hmm. Uh, And... The dog being part of that. And also, I just like the episode. I just like simple, funny storylines. When they're too convoluted, uh, I tend to like them a bit less. Um, yeah, and I just liked... I didn't think there was any bad parts to this episode. Uh, it introduced a lot of, you know, bits and pieces that would become normal and, and recurring gags throughout the series, uh, like prognosis negative. Um, and, yeah, I just liked it all around. I don't think there was any classic moments in, in the episode, but I don't think there was any filler. I just think it was a good, solid episode all around. Um, and I like dogs, too. So <laughs> even though Farfall wasn't a very likable dog, I like dogs. So that, that's another plus for me. Yeah. What if, about you? Well, before I do mention it, if the dog, because you mentioned you loved season one and two and you prefer seasons one to four, mm. if the dog was a season one or two episode, yep. would you like it even more? Uh I haven't thought about that. Because mm, a lot of critic- a lot of criticism with the episode was that the dog was kind of like that kind of trope of, you know, the dog in the background barking and annoying people. That sounds like a late 80s, early 90s yeah. kind of sitcom trope, which I think by, you know, Seinfeld was, you know, people were, were watching episodes like The Chinese Restaurant and all that stuff, and they thought, wow, this is different to the usual sitcom. And then they bring in the dog. Yeah. And the dog's like something which would have happened in season one. Yeah, I guess... I, mean? I guess... Uh Probably. Before Seinfeld, like, found itself and hit its stride. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if this was episode four of season two or even the last episode of season one, I probably would have liked it. Or it would have been, no, it would say, have been more no, popular about, or it would have been more revered, I think, think. I don't think it would change my opinion of it. No. I think I'd still rate it the same way I have just now. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think it would be uh, as uh, disliked. For yeah, sure. at the time, yeah. Yeah, because, okay. I mean, when you're watching... If you're reviewing Seinfeld and you watch a whole series or something, and, yeah, season three is when it really hits its stride yeah, when, yeah. They're, when yeah. they're busting out revolutionary episodes like, and groundbreaking episodes. Like, we've done episodes of The Pen and the Library. For sure. You know, which were groundbreaking. Definitely, so, for a lot of reasons. And this this put in the middle of those episodes... That's right. It, it yeah. seems weaker by comparison. It does, yeah. Yeah. What about you? Uh, for me, number 38. Okay. Uh, the Kramer subplot... With Ellen was great. Yep. Uh, really funny. A great monologue by, by uh, Michael Richards. Very well done. <laughs> <laughs> Two great monologues. Um, yeah. Please! <laughs> Please! <laughs> I take it all back. <laughs> what can I do? Um, yeah, I thought, I thought that was really, really good. Um, yeah, I mean, the dog subtrope, I mean, you know, for me, it was a bit outdated. Okay. Hasn't really held up too well. 
but you know it was it was funny you know seeing like jerry's furniture you know the destroyed furniture he put on the couch you know with the bite marks in it and stuff and gavin was very good and mm. yeah i mean overall uh, you know it was it was not as bad as i remembered it but enjoyable episode nonetheless yep. yeah but there's greater episodes or much better episodes in the dog with for sure. 38 for sure so it's not a reflection of it being really bad it's just yep. a reflection of it's not quite as good as mother 37 yeah yeah top 37 yeah yep. i think that will become the case more and more and more as we review more and more we episodes. have mentioned that several times indeed yeah yep uh top 10 episodes for me just quickly uh the apartment the bubble boy the pony remark the baby shower the steak out the limo the sniffing accountant the movie the pen and the jacket and they are episodes that we've reviewed so far of course yes at uh, number 10 for me is the sniffing accountant followed by number nine the pony remark and number eight the shower head Number seven, The Hamptons. Six, The Bizarro Jerry. Five, The Soup Nazi. Four, The Puffy Shirt. Three, The Outing. Number two is The Mango. And at number one, Reigning Supreme since episode 50 of this pod, The Contest. Excellent. My favourite. Do any of the secondary characters from The Dog appear in your top 10 and or 20? No, but special mention to Gavin. Okay. I just missed out. Right. Um, Yeah, Gavin was a great character. Yep. And uh, good mention by uh, Tom Williams, who voiced Farfel The Dog. I think he really brought... A bit of character to Farfel, yeah. you know, in those scenes that he was in. Uh, but no, none for this week. Okay. How about you? Same. No. Yep. Uh, top 10 characters again, just quickly. Uh, 10, Rava from the statue. Joe, the fruit shop owner from the Mango. Uh, 8, Harold and Manny from the apartment. Susan Ross uh, from our first ever What's the Deal with episode way back in season one. Suella Mishki, uh, Celia, the uh, Jerry's episode girlfriend from the Merv Griffin show. The record store owner from The Old Man. Jane uh, from the Hamptons. Bob and Cedric, the Street Tufts from our first ever episode, The Soup Nazi, and number one, Alton Bennis, Elaine's father from The Jacket. Yes, and my top ten secondary characters, number ten, David Putty, number nine is Joe from The Mango, eight is Mary Cantati from The Baby Shower, seven is Aaron, the close talker, six is Newman, five is Bookman from The Library, four is Susan, three is The Soup Nazi, two Frank Costanza, and one is George Steinbrenner. And Stephen, if you are a patron... Uh, of our Patreon page, we actually have an episode where we talk in detail or discuss in detail about our top 10 secondaries and uh, why we picked them. That's right. Usually every episode of the podcast, we just mention our top 10s and we might go into a bit of detail if there's a new entry into our list. Uh, but for our first ever uh, Patreon exclusive uh, content, we decided to go uh, dive deep into why they are our top 10s. Yes. So if you want to listen to that, you can give us $2 a month and uh, you can hear that and uh, much more content that's coming up indeed yes now seinfeldism Stephen. yeah you mentioned before the last break that you had three so that's, uh that's right what happened? happened today oh my god what happened no shit okay i thought uh this morning i was thinking about recording the podcast and i thought no no seinfeldisms uh first one happened i woke up this morning and uh i usually wake up pretty early uh-huh. and uh yeah. my girlfriend woke up and uh you know, as you do if you wake up next to someone and you have a weird dream, you want to tell someone about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was next to me, obviously. And you dreamt, let me guess, a hamburger was eating you. Yes. <laughs> I'd had a dream, a hamburger was eating me. <laughs> That's what you said, right? Yes. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> no. And I don't eat hamburgers. <laughs> Mushroom burger was eating me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The mushroom burger was eating me. <laughs> <laughs> veggie patty was eating me. No, my girlfriend had a dream about Seinfeld. Oh, all right. And funnily enough, it was a dream about kind of, well, kind of about this podcast as well. Oh, all right. So she said in the dream, she couldn't remember the setting or the storyline leading up to this little interaction, but so- she was ter- <laughs> telling Jerry or a uh, really good Jerry lookalike uh, about just about Seinfeld and about how she's a fan. Yeah, and Apparently yeah. Jerry, or look like Jerry, was rolling his eyes and just completely disinterested <laughs> until she mentioned that me, being her boyfriend, and you, being 
my friend and co-host of this podcast that uh, that I and slash we have a podcast and he was still rolling his eyes. Yeah. And then she mentioned specifically it's about the secondary characters of the show. Oh, and it piqued his interest. Yeah, and then he and then he paid attention to her. And uh, and then after that, a bunch of stuff happened, but she can't remember. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. I wish that happened. Yeah, that yeah. would be cool. That'd be sick. Yeah, I'd even be happy if Jerry rolled his eyes. Oh yeah, even <laughs> even even just giving her the time. Yeah, you know, just that's, acknowledging that's enough. Yeah, that's yep. good for me. The second one, a good friend of mine by the name of Andy, who Ivan knows, uh, he sent me a picture today on Facebook uh, of a old promo flyer from an old comedy DVD uh, that he found. Um, he's a bit of a bargain hunter. He loves some old DVDs. Mm-hmm. And he picked up a DVD, I believe, at Cash Converters recently. And he opened it up to uh, have a watch. And there was an old uh, an old promo, sort of like a JB Hi-Fi type, um, what are they called? Not pamphlet. Like a like a catalogue. Yeah, catalog. Like an old catalogue. Yeah, 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 sure, sure. For, for some DVD company that was selling bulk DVDs for yeah, cheap. Yeah, And uh, on the front page was season seven of Seinfeld for some cheap price. Nice. So that's cool. He's going to give me that and we'll add it to our collection. Oh, lovely. A growing collection. <laughs> that's yep. right. And uh, the third Seinfeld is for the week. Uh, and this is technically on behalf of someone else, friend of the podcast, who will be returning at some point later in the season, hopefully, uh, when she finishes her travels, Stacey. Yes. Uh, she sent me a picture of her uh, of a salon, actually, a hairstylist in Rotterdam, which is in the Netherlands. Mm. Uh, and the name of the salon is Elaine. Elaine. So technically, beautiful. that's a Seinfeldism for Stacey. But seeing as though she's not here to talk about it herself, I'll take credit for it. <laughs> yeah, we'll take it. Thanks, Stacey. Very yeah. good. Uh, very good Seinfeldism. Indeed. Yeah. Cool. All, All right. right, Seinfeld before, trivia. Yeah, before we wrap up, Seinfeld trivia. All right, this is a long one. Uh, so we're recording Tuesday, September fourth, and that's what my desktop calendar right here has. Larry David had heard about the Good Samaritan law in France that required onlookers to rescue anyone they see who's in danger if it's reasonable for them to do so. He figured he, and thus the Seinfeld characters, could get in a lot of trouble under such a law. Of course, he knew that if one of his writers had pitched them the idea back in the day, that the characters would stand by while someone got mugged. Then make fun of him, he would have said. No, it's too mean. But it seemed like... Oh, no, but it seemed like the best way to get them arrested, but for something not so bad like, say, murder. He also liked the idea of a trial that would bring back a parade of the most memorable former guest stars to testify to the ways the foursome had wronged them. Oh, wow, that's really cool. Yeah, and that's how the finale was created. Huh. Interesting. Interesting indeed. Indeed. <laughs> we were like, hey, what the hell's going on? What the hell's going I'll on? I'll come in, Stephen. So next week, we are staying with season three, but we're going to do the season three finale, The Keys. That's right. Yeah. A prelude, I guess you could say, or a prequel. It, it leads straight into the trip, which we back, uh, which we did back in season one. Back in season one, yes, uh, parts one and two. So we'll be talking about The Keys, and you'll see Kramer, who's in Murphy Brown. I love Murphy Brown. Can't yeah. wait for its return. Yeah, it should be good. <laughs> anyway, uh, you can catch us, I guess, in any podcast you know, app you've got. Google Podcasts, Apple, you know, Spotify, whatever. Any podcast service, we are there. Yes. And please leave a a review of our podcast, you know, five stars preferably, but uh, whatever stars you like, that would, that actually helps us uh, in terms of like being found in podcast directories. And we'd love, you know, as much as we love you listening to us and we thank you very much for doing so, we'd love to, you know, bring this podcast to other fellow Seinfeld fans. That's right. And uh, if you want to spread the word, tell a friend, tell a family member, tell someone you know who likes Seinfeld. Uh, that would be amazing as well. You can also find us on social media. We have an email address, bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com, or website, bidwabask.com. And finally, we are on Patreon. Yes, that's right. For $1 or $2 a month or more, you can uh, sponsor our podcast. And for $2 a month or more, you get some bonus stuff. 
That's right. And uh, before we sign off for another week, another big thank you to Nick and Lachlan for having us on their podcast. Picture this. And uh, again, we will include the uh, link to that episode in our show notes. Yes, and any other episodes that they've got as well. Very funny podcast, an improvisation podcast. Very funny. So uh, be sure to check that out. That's right. My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. And we'll see you next week with the keys. Thank <laughs> you.